Hi, everyone. I'm Jenny, and this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. And today we're with Gracie Mercedes. You like how I said your name, Mercedes? I do. I do. So that's accurate. my mom's first name. <laughs> yes, I love it. Gracie is a Dominican American actress, writer, and producer from Brooklyn, and is now a series regular on the NBC comedy Grand Crew. Welcome, Gracie. Yay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. It's so funny because recently you have been blessing my timeline on Twitter. <laughs> and there was so many good articles written about you and what you had to say about being Afro-Latina in the industry and about Grand Cru. So obviously I started watching and one of my friends is actually one of the head writers on the show, Iffy. Oh, I love Iffy. That's yeah. <laughs> Let's rewind. How mm -hmm. was it like growing up in a Dominican-American household? So I was born in Brooklyn. My parents were raised in Williamsburg. My mom came from DR pretty young. She was like five or six, but my dad was like in his 20s. And wow. they all kind of grew up in, in, in Williamsburg in New York. By the time I was old enough to know what, what the hell was going on in the world, <laughs> we had moved to Borough Park, okay. which is also in Brooklyn. Um, and then I went to high school in Manhattan. So I'm, nice. yeah, born and raised in New York. I went to college in, in New York as well. Very Dominican household up until I was like 13. Then my stepfather since then is an Italian American. So then oh, wow. the household split. Yeah. <laughs> Two very strong ethnicities. Um, so you know how that goes. But yeah. growing up younger, it was mostly me, my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My mom had me young. My mom had me as a teenager. And my aunt is two or three years younger than her. My grandmother is only 20 years older than my mom. So I was basically oh being raised by children. <laughs> I was being raised by three Latina children. Um, yeah, my mom was like 17. My grandmother was 37 and my aunt was like Dang. 14. Yeah. So um, it was a really fun household. Like I have really great memories of being like five or six years old and like putting on lipstick and dancing on the bed while like my aunt and my mom got ready to go out and I was obviously stay home with my grandmother, but I thought I was going to go out with them. <laughs> So. The fact that your grandma was like almost my age, like I'm 35. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's I'm crazy. like a, still a child in my head. Yeah, to be and like then, a real abuela. Yeah, and when I see photos of them though back then, I feel like they look older than they do now. Like it's crazy. Like something was in the water back then. They were very, <laughs> they looked very mature and like I don't know. I, I guess the 80s too. The style of the 80s I think and 90s so. Was, yeah, they, everyone just seemed older. Totally. So you stayed in New York for most of your life. How was school for you? My mom worked her butt off and I always went to Catholic school growing up. So I went to 12 years of Catholic school. Same. Mainly because, you know, the New York public school system. I mean, I don't know if it's any better, but back then it was trash. Um, <laughs> and so to keep me out of trouble and to get me a good education, my mom just, you know, worked her butt off. And then my, when my stepfather came into the picture, he helped her you know, continue that education for me, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. So I always went to Catholic school and everywhere I lived in Brooklyn was diverse in the sense that it was a lot of immigrant type families. So they were mostly either um, Latin families, Italian families. Um, I lived in a lot of uh, neighborhoods that had like a big Hasidic Jewish community, mm -hmm. some Asian people. The, the crazy thing was I was not around a lot of African-Americans. Anyone who was black or of my complexion was usually Latino, mm -hmm. but I never felt super, you know, like the only person of color in the room because I definitely wasn't. Yeah. But I think in my Afro-Latina-ness, you know, I definitely felt not Latina enough and definitely not black enough for the black girls, not Spanish enough for the Latin girls. My Spanish always sucked. My mom always spoke to me in English. My grandmother spoke to me in Spanish. So I grew up understanding Spanish, but I uh -huh. would answer her in English. <laughs> it's very common. 
Yeah, I mean, it's more common now, sadly, but yeah, my Spanish always sucked. So that always made me feel even more insecure about being Latina. I get it. I've broken down many times in all Spanish interviews. Oof, because that's when I realized that I'm not good at I'm like, I can hold a conversation in Miami. Right, 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 right. With my fellow Caribbean people. Yes. Okay, they know what the hell I'm saying. But when it's right. these big Spanish networks, yeah. it's very different Spanish. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, in every every different ethnicity within the Latin community, they speak a little differently. And they oh, my God. Sayings and colloquialism. So it's it's tough. Yeah, my friend who's staying over, he's half Cuban, half Peruvian. He was explaining to me that when he recently visited Peru, he went to like a smoothie shop and they were like, oh, tu quieres helado con tu smoothie. And helado to most people means ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. So he's like, no, helado in Peru means ice. Oh. But for us, it's yellow. I'm like, right. why do we yeah. do this to ourselves? Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. one, it's supposed to be one language, but we're like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to, this There's... word is going to mean something else. Yeah, I grew, and I didn't grow up around a lot of Mexican people. And then when I moved to Los Angeles and someone Mexican was trying to talk to me in Spanish. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I, I just felt like I didn't know any Spanish all of a sudden. Right. Like, Wait, what? You just forgot everything you ever knew. It's just, it's it's different. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. You know? It was kind of a culture shock for me. I'm not going to lie because I think I didn't realize how few Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and Cubans are out here. And so you don't really get that Caribbean no, Latin right. community. I mean, now I'm learning, I'm meeting more people who are Dominican and stuff, but Anytime I saw Girl. when I first started going on auditions, I would see so many women who looked like me and I assumed they were Dominican <laughs> or Puerto Rican and they were all biracial. And I was like, oh, oh, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, this makes sense. Um, but it took me a while to adjust. I'm like, oh no, the, the, the Latino community here is very different than the Latino community in New York. When I came out here, I started working at BuzzFeed and when we created Bitto Like, I was like, mm. um, we need Afro-Latinos up in here. And yeah. I realized how hard it was. I had to bring Gabriel over from San Diego. I'm like the one oh, Dominican. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, you know, but now I've started to meet a lot more Dominican, but it's every time I find, especially a Dominican person in LA, it's like, it's like, oh! I'm like, I have to, <laughs> I have to keep in touch with you because I don't run away. Don't go back to the East coast, please. Yeah. Yeah. I know you started touching upon that in the audition mm -hmm. process, right? That mm -hmm. you're like, oh, she's probably Dominican. And then you find out she's just mm -hmm. mixed. Yeah. Like yeah. when did you realize that you're like, damn, like, when am I going to see myself represented? Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I won't say I still haven't, I have, but it took a really long time. I mean, similarly, my high school was 95% Latina, <laughs> like it was an all girls Catholic high school. And everyone was Puerto Rican Dominican, pretty much. And then we had a few other people. And then I went to NYU, which mm -hmm. is, you know, super in the middle of the city. So you're around all kinds of people. And then I came out here to Los Angeles. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, I think it was a, a real culture shock. The first <laughs> hardest thing I had to deal with was my hair. Like I grew up going to Dominican hair salons and blowing out my hair every week. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, I could not find a Dominican hair salon. And then oh, I started man. going to like a black hair salon. And you know, though I am black and, and but I, my hair is different than an African-American yes. girl's hair. And so, you know, they were like frying my hair and then I can't go to a white person because they don't know what to do with no. my hair. They're super intimidated. So that was like my first thing. That was my first like challenge. And then I eventually 
you know, went natural and, and just chopped off all my hair and was like, okay, I guess I have to wear my hair curly and, and deal with it myself because no one can do my hair here. And then I finally found a Dominican hair salon, but I stopped straightening my hair. Plus. And then it was like the food. Like I really missed my mom's Dominican cooking and I couldn't really find that out here. But as far as work and acting goes, I was lucky that when I came out here, I started working pretty quickly in commercials Yeah, and that was great. And I think commercially, it's very different. Like when you go out for commercials, they love anything that's like other, Yeah, <laughs> like anything that's like, is she black? Is she mixed? Is she that? Like they, they love that. And yeah. so I did well in that world. But then when I started going out for um, like TV film stuff, um, I realized, oh yeah, no one sees me as Latina. I can't go out for Latina in about 13 years of acting. I think I went out for a Dominican role once and that was like recently about a year ago for um, the Gordita Chronicles. Which I is- knew it. I knew it was the Gordita Chronicles. Yeah, well, I think they auditioned every Afro-Latina actress in the world. Um, but, they, you know, ironically, and, and and no shade to that show because I'm very excited to see that show and I, I freaking can't wait. And I love that it's about a Dominican family. Yeah, But yeah. the breakdown was for a dark skin Afro-Latina for the mom. And then they end up casting a very light skin half Dominican person as the mom and so it's just like that's the frustration we always have to deal with right but Mm -hmm. even when they say they want that Afro-Latina or Afro-Latino it's really done um I think the most recent Mm. example of it being done is uh with love and having Rome Flynn as one of the main main guys on the show um, which is beautiful, and he's Afro-Cuban. Yeah. yeah. So it's happening. It's starting to happen. And Encanto. Encanto has it? a little, yes, yes. That's the whole family. I was like, boy. wow, we finally see Latinos in every shade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how funny that it's a cartoon. The cartoon is like one of the first to show like the <laughs> variety of color in one family. You know what I mean? Because like people don't understand that either. It's like, no. Latin families, like, you can have a blonde hair, blue-eyed person in, one, in the same family as a very dark-skinned, dark yes. dark-haired person. And they're yes. all in the same family. And that's normal. When I moved over here, and I don't know if you went through something similar, but working at a digital media company, right, where it's like, you're responsible for creating Latino content. And you're like, I can't just be putting out white Cuban shit, right? Because that's just my mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. And it's like, Coño, there's so many countries. Like, what about the Nicaraguans? What about the Ecuadorians? What about the Hondurans? We never hear about them anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even, I still always like to look out for all of the Caribbean because I don't like to just be like, Puerto Rico yeah. and Dominican. I was like, what about all my Haitian friends? The hell? Right. Like, they never see themselves represented. Yeah. And so that was always something that I worried about. And coming out here, I also noticed within our community, not just with my coworkers, but with all the comments that I would have to read from our Mm -hmm. people, Mm. how little we understood of each other. Mm -hmm. And that was a major problem. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard. I I have spoken about this before. I think I speak about this a lot in my podcast, but you know, it's one thing to get the racism and the colorism from white people or anyone outside of our our race or ethnicity. Mm -hmm. It's even worse to get it within our community, to be, to hear the N word from people who are literally black and 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 using that word and it's just like i don't understand and to and i feel like we need to call each other out like we need Mm -hmm. to call out the colorism and racism racism that exists within the latin community because until we do that until we take responsibilities for our own why is any white person gonna see us any differently if we're not even seeing ourselves differently Um, i know i know 
And, and that's why I'm so glad to see you, an Afro-Latina Dominican woman in a show like Grand Crew, because it's t to me, it's still like, oh my gosh, this is still fun. Like, you must be feeling hella proud right now. I mean, it is the ultimate Bro. dream come true. <laughs> yes. Uh, and your yeah, character no. is so funny. <laughs> Thank you. No, I love Faye. I mean, I deeply connected with her. It was literally like what they say, you know, like they, the breakdown came in my inbox <laughs> and I read a description and I was like, holy shit, this is me. And then, you know, worked on the audition and by the grace of God, you know, I, I somehow got it because I know they auditioned a lot of people. Um, and so it's crazy. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was one of the first things I've ever auditioned for where I felt, and this is props to Phil Augusta Jackson, our creator and writer. Mm -hmm. I felt like I could just bring who I was to this character. There was nothing in it that read like, quote unquote, be black or quote unquote, be urban or quote unquote, be this thing that is stereotypically always shown on television and you have to fit into that mold. I can just be me, which is, I'm kind of, you know, silly and goofy and a little bit dorky, but also I, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I don't know. I think I, I don't fit this like typical mold of the black woman you see on TV. And so I was so excited to like bring myself to this audition and, and, and do it. And you know, when I got it, I cried. I was just so, so Oh my happy. God. I, yeah. Um, and it's been a dream. The cast is incredible. The, the whole crew and the writing staff, I mean, from top to bottom, everyone is so talented, so lovely, so funny. Oh, that's so good to like, hear. I miss, we, we wrapped in November. I'm like, please, please let's get a second season. I just want to go back to work. You want to see your family again. And yes. I miss everyone. I mean, we, the, the cast, we see each other a good amount most of us live here in LA but I, I still miss like everyone else like I miss our crew got them yeah so for those who haven't seen Grand Crew yet can you talk to us a little bit about it and your character Faye yeah um Grand Crew is a show about six friends and they're kind of navigating through life and love and they always what we call wine down at this wine bar it's uh set in the east side of Los Angeles which is another side something else that I really loved about it because I'm an east side girl um I I feel like it's controversial to say that it's East LA because it's not East LA, but it's Eastern part of <laughs> I, mean, I would describe it. East of Hollywood. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's East of Hollywood. So it's mostly takes place in like Los Feliz, Silver Lake, Echo Park, um, Highland Park, which are the areas that I only reside and go out in and stuff. And so that was another thing I connected to right it's away. It's personal to you. Yeah, and I don't think you see our, our these neighborhoods represented no, you don't. on TV. You know what I mean? It's no. always like Beverly Hills and West Hollywood and the Valley. I'm just like, no, there's another part <laughs> that I love because it reminds me of New York, actually. This part of town reminds me of New York uh. more than any other part of town in, in Los Angeles. It has more of that, like, vibe, you know, that, like, you know, sometimes hipster, sometimes too hipster, but also just has more of a, like, down, like, like, chill vibe there's very down-to-earth vibes in these down areas earth, it's like not beverly hills creatives it's not like business people it's not it doesn't feel very like quote-unquote hollywood no it's a lot of creatives and actors and musicians and artists yeah so yeah so that's what the show's about and then my character Faye, she comes into i was not in the pilot they added the character Faye later on and so i come in on episode two um and i'm new to los angeles from new york what are the odds perfect uh, <laughs> 
and I joined the crew and um, become fast friends with Nicole and, and all the guys. Your your character is <laughs> such a mystery. Like all these things that and Nicole Byer, my God, like the funniest woman on the planet. How is it working with her specifically? Because you guys have great chemistry. Thank you. I mean, I I had to do a chemistry with her actually for the ah! for, as part of my audition, and it was over Zoom because of you know COVID. Oh yeah. And I just remember getting off of that Zoom and being like, well, that was the most fun I've ever had. And hopefully I get the job because she was just such a delight and so lovely and so funny. And we just had such a great time. And yeah, we became fast friends on set for sure. Like in real life, hang out all the time. And, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's just really hard not to laugh at her. Like, it's just like, I'm in the scene with her and I have to keep a straight face. And that might be the hardest part of my job sometimes between her and Carl. Like, it's just so hard to keep a straight face. Me and I feel like me and Justin more than anybody are always like, covering our mouths just like oh my god trying not to laugh at them because they're so funny right now well that's Um, a blessing to be part of this cast that everyone makes each other laugh you know like that's that's incredible you know yeah Yeah, i feel so fortunate and i know you were talking earlier about how you what one of the things you love about your character aside from like you really relate to her because she's a lot like you like it's not about the stereotypical black role and i could mm-hmm. say that for all the characters on the show by absolutely, the way I'm absolutely i'm like they're all a bunch of dorks like <laughs> they're just they're so silly and they're all so different and one's a vegan i'm a vegan and i know i don't know what that's like being a cuban vegan and like oh <laughs> kind of being ostracized and you're like you're weird mm-hmm. and that's what being hyphenated is all about it's like i can be a hardcore guanasa and i have my miami accent that slips out and i love merengue and salsa and all that yes pitbull for life <laughs> but then i like i'm a hello look at my wall like is i'm a that, geek look at your is shirt that galaga? is that galaga yes yeah <laughs> super mario brothers shirt i was okay. just at well speaking of highland park i was just at barcade like last weekend playing galaga hilarious uh, yeah. i love galaga <laughs> yeah it's a great game but I, that's exactly right i mean i feel like now more than ever you know there's such a stigma still, I think, in the Black community and the Latin community of like, um, if you do this, you're white. Or if you're, you talk white and you do this. And you're what does like, that even what mean, What the fuck man? does that even mean? Well, man, I'm not sure. I'm supposed to curse. Can I curse? Oh, um, yeah. What, we curse. Me and Joanna <laughs> are like the worst. Okay, we have great. potty mouths. But I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? What, what is that supposed to mean? And, and why, why do white people have a claim to this, that, and the other? And why can I enjoy these things as well and still be Dominican and still be black and still be Afro-Latina? Like who made up these rules? I don't know. Uh, and so I think that's what's so special about our show is that we, we don't play up to these you know stereotypes of what people, black people or people of color should like or do or yes. whatever the case may be. And you know, our stories, they're just human stories. They're about yeah. people and friends. And I think anyone can watch the show and relate. I don't I don't think it's just a black show. Like I don't think it's just for black people. I think anyone can watch the show and 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 laugh. Hopefully I think number one, that's all anyone who is behind this show wants is that people to tune in and feel good and laugh and relate and mm-hmm. have a good time. Maybe drink a glass of wine while you're watching it. It's definitely an a feel good show like and I laughed out loud many times per episode oh I love hearing that yeah because the chemistry between all of you and then the the writing it just feels like it's a a super great show and I hope more people tune in and like you're saying these are all universal stories while still being specific Mm -hmm. you know because I'm sure 
you don't feel like nothing's being watered down here. No, I think our last episode, um, episode seven called Wine and Headlines was a great example of that where, you know, we tackle the fact like how do black people deal with the headlines when, you know, we have a lot of shit in the news that's depressing and sad and unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And so that episode just explored like three different ways <laughs> of dealing with it. And it was really, a, I think it was one of our best episodes. We had mm -hmm. a hilarious bit of, you know, Carl um, Sherm on the show and Justin White on the show working out together. And that's how they deal with it. And, and, and <laughs> making crazy noises while they work out. And then we had, you know, Noah and Nikki, the brother or sister, and how do they help each other out? And they had like their boozy black brunch that they were getting drunk all day. And then we had me and Anthony um, slash Aaron uh, going on a hike and getting lost and I don't give too much away, but, yeah. and we had this beautiful opening um, by Jay Ivy, this poet who did a poem and opened our show with this beautiful poem. And it just happened to be the first day of black history month too, which was oh, also yes. really cool. That's really cool. But I don't know. I think that was a really strong episode and a great example of like how to, you know, touch upon black issues and issues of the world, but also be universal and like, hey, how do we all yes. deal with a bad day? And like what, what, you know, what do we do to make ourselves feel better? Shows like this are so important because you are educating at the end of the day. Mm. Tu sabe, I think mm -hmm. TV and film has such a massive art in general any form yeah. of art has such a massive responsibility because there's so many people, when I think about this country and how divided we are now, I'm like, there are people that have not left their hometowns. They don't travel. They, mm -hmm. all they see the world through is their television set or their yeah. iPad, whatever it is, how people consume their content these days. And yeah. so that's why it matters so much to tell our stories and then there be multiples of it. Mm -hmm. Not just like, why should there just be one black show, one Dominican show? Why? Why can't there be two Dominican shows mm -hmm. when there's like 30,000 white shows? Right. And that is the most frustrating thing that we constantly have to be dealing with as, you know, as being people in front of the camera and behind as creators. Yeah, and yeah. As to, you know, I remember like I have a show that I created that I'm developing and is on pause right now because of Grand Crew. But mm -hmm. beforehand, I remember when we had these meetings, you know, and then Deadline would come out and it'd be like, oh, Godita Chronicles got picked up. And me being like, oh no. See, and that shouldn't be. Great for them, but that's a Dominican show. So now they're, no one's gonna take my Dominican show because that Dominican show's out there. And then realizing, no. oh my God, that's, by the way, that's white supremacy working, yes. right? Yes. Feeling this like, what we are competing against each other. It's like, well, why can't there be more than one Dominican show? Our shows are nothing alike absolutely nothing alike but that's how hollywood thinks yeah and i'm not wrong for being afraid that like okay well now no. hbo max has this one dominican show they're not going to take my dominican show me i feel uh, the same way about cuban shows i'm like oh no mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and i'm like because my the cuban shows that i want to sell are not at all like the cuban shows that have been out there exactly and so we should not have to have that fear um but i feel like hollywood needs to catch up and Yo. and you know it's <laughs> like for real i mean i think it's getting better as far as black shows right now it's yeah you know they're calling it black tuesday because we have we have blackish we have grand crew we have albert elementary we yes. have queens shout out to quinta we have kings of napa i mean we have a lot of black led shows on tv on network television right now which is beautiful yeah. but i think we have like one 
uh, Latin family, you know, the show Promised Land. Promised on Land. ABC. Yep. And it's like, that's one Latin family, lighter skinned Latin family. <laughs> uh, great. I love that we have that. Could we have yeah, 10 great. more? Have Can that have show. Right. And then exactly have 10 more. Y también give us more of a shot than just one or two seasons. Yes. It gets very complicated. And then that's, I think, across the board for all shows of all non-white shows. I yes. think if it's a black yes. show, an Asian show, a Latin show, anything that's non-white, they love to pull out. <laughs> right yeah. Like, if you don't do great in that first season, that's it. That was your shot. You see, this is why we don't make these shows. They don't do well. It's like, well but they don't do that for white shows. Because if there's a exactly. mediocre white show that doesn't get as many views in the first two seasons, they don't pull the plug on them so easily. No, they give them but a chance. POC shows, they, they pull the plug. Mm -hmm. And if you think of shows like Shit's Creek, which is one of my favorite shows. Oh my God, such a great show. But look how long it took for it to gain popularity. So like four seasons? Yes. Four or five seasons? So maybe? what would happen if they allowed shows of color to go beyond the second season, even though it might not be doing too great numbers wise, mm -hmm. but what if you give them that chance and then it blows up and it'd be the next Shit's Creek? Mm -hmm. it's not gonna ha I just think two seasons is not enough I mean yeah Shit's Creek is a great example but also like Brooklyn Nine-Nine didn't do well and got canceled on one network and then NBC yes. picked it up and then look at it lasted for eight seasons so it's just like yes. you need to give shows a chance no matter who I mean I, I'm not saying like they should do the same thing to white shows I'm saying the opposite I'm saying like Give yes. white shows and black shows and black shows and yes. all shows. Even the playing field. Yeah, even yes. the playing field and give everyone an opportunity to, to grow a following, to have people fall in love with these characters because even us as actors in the writers' room as writers, like we're all working it out, right? We're yes. all figuring out who these characters are and, and, and developing them together. And that takes a little time. Yeah, and I think también that as Latinos, we need, we need to support each other even when it's not an outwardly Latino show, like your role in Grand Crew. Yes, and Gloria Calderon Colette, shout out to Gloria, is amazing. And she reposted this article about me, um, Latino Rebels article. Yes, that's the one that's, I read. Yeah, that says we should support Gracie Mercedes in Grand Crew. Yeah. And I was so touched because because she retweeted it, a lot of people like saw yes. it and retweeted it and stuff. And well, one, it made me like, it gave me chills. I'm like, oh my God, my Latin people are supporting me. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then the other thing, it's like, yeah, this isn't a Latin show. And yeah. we, you know, if we get a second season, we um, talked about the fact that at some point we will mention that Faye is Afro-Latina, which oh, is great. Oh, good. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, I mean, Phil has been asked this question <laughs> apparently multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> um, like, he gets the question like, so why did you decide to go with an Afro-Latina for a thing? And he was like, I didn't know she was Afro-Latina. <laughs> like, she was just good. She's just black and good. And I was like, let's go. And so I was like, well, yes, yeah, great. I love that I was hired for my talents or for something mm -hmm. he saw in me rather than what I am, quote unquote. But then we did talk about it. And I was like, yeah, I would, I would love that. And he was like, yeah, as long as you are cool with like, letting me in on your experience because obviously he doesn't know that experience yeah, yeah and I was like yeah I'm an open book I'll tell you anything you want to know and so you know if we get a second season hopefully there can be some kind of exploration of 
of Faye's Afro-Latinidad. Maybe she has a family member come visit or yes. whatever, the, you know, whatever the case may be. Her abuela. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm like, I'm ideas to pitch. Because well, no, you, you have staff writing experience too, no? Yes, I was a staff writer on another NBC show called Perfect Harmony. And uh, that was so fun. Um, that was in 2019. Oh, wow. That was not long ago. No, it was right before COVID. We yeah. literally... I think we wrapped November 2019. It starred Bradley Woodford and Anna Camp and a bunch of other really funny, talented actors. It was another dream situation. Like, I, I don't know, I'm having a lot of luck with NBC, but um, that, that writer's room was really a pleasure to work in. And I learned so much. I actually learned so much about writing, but I also learned a lot about acting because I got to go on set all the time and yeah. get like a master class from Bradley Woodford, which was incredible. Wow. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was really amazing. And you know, I love writing. I'm, I'm writing some stuff right now. I'm working on some stuff right now. I'm writing my first feature and I'm still developing a couple of projects. So amazing. I hope to, you know, be you part will. of the narrative. You are to, needed. You know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I definitely yes. want more stories about women and more, more stories about Afro-Latinas. Um, and so I'm going to help in any way I can. I am thrilled for you. Gracie. Thank you. you have Thank no you idea. So I'm Thank like you. so glad that not only are you an incredibly talented actress, but you're also a writer <laughs> and you're probably going to direct and produce and do all those things. También. Yes, I've directed some short films, but I definitely want to get into TV directing yeah. as well. And we'll hopefully maybe if Grand Crew gets to go on forever and ever, I'll get to uh, eventually direct an episode. Manifest because it's yeah, going right? to happen. And yeah. so many Afro-Latina Dominican women are going to look up to you so much, even more so because not everyone knows, mm. right? Like some people have no idea. They're like, oh, okay. And they find out and they're like, oh my God, yeah. she is me. And that just yeah. makes such a big difference. Like again, going back to Encanto, like the photos of the little kids that look like the characters, like mm -hmm. standing by the TV. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, growing up, I related to, like, I watch a ton of TV and I remember seeing Lisa Turtle on on, <laughs> on Saved by the Bell and being like, oh, she looks like me. And then seeing, um, oh my God, what is her name? On uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ashley Banks. Tatiana Ali. Yeah. And and being like, oh, that's And now knowing that she's Cuban, right? Isn't she like, or Panamanian? But at the Panamanian. Panamanian. Yeah. Um, I'm like, God, I wish I would have known when I was younger that she was Latina. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a cool thing. It's very cool. Bueno, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be on our podcast. I'm Thanks sure so many people me. are going to be inspired. And if you want to give any last info on Grand Crew and when people can tune in. Yeah. So people right now can watch the first seven episodes of Grand Crew on Hulu or Peacock. We're right now on hiatus for the Olympics, but we air again on February 22nd. Our finale is March 8th. And then um, you can watch anytime on Hulu or Peacock, but for those last three episodes, Tuesday night at 8.30 on NBC. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gracie. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Bye. Bye.